if you learn how to control it, the entrepreneurial brain becomes the most powerful tool in your arsenal. In this podcast, I will dive deep into the psychology and biology behind it to help you understand yourself and ultimately become your best, most authentic self. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast. Today I'm here with Mike Young. He's the founder of the Makeover Master, host of the top-rated Makeover Podcast, author of Makeover, how to create a powerful brand that will transform your business and save your life, and a seasoned entrepreneur. I'm stoked to have you here, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mo. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's... It was a brief intro, but tell us a little bit like about your entrepreneurial journey, not the entire thing, really pick out the highlights so people can get the gist from that. Where are you at now? How you come there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I ran a business, a mortgage business in the US and grew it from scratch to 250 employees and 10 offices and, and built this massive thing, you know, and I, I think I was following the path that a lot of people follow. You're, you're kind of told, go to high school, go to college, start a business, get a big house, you know, get, get a wife and two kids and you'll be happy. Uh, yet I was miserable. <laughs> and so, so I, I found myself in, in 2008 of the, the real estate crash of 2008, uh, took kind of, it took my business down. It took my finances down with it. Um, I went from liquid millionaire to a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt in less than six months. And I found myself in this position where I knew I had to rebuild something. I knew I wanted to, to do my own thing, not this, this massive company with partnerships and, and whatnot that just failed. Um, but I didn't know where to begin. And so I began, like a lot of people begin, I, I began buying courses and reading books and going to seminars and going to events. And before I knew it, I was eight and a half years in and, and my business still wasn't working. And I'd spent a couple hundred thousand dollars trying to get it to work. Um, and, and I wanted what a lot of people want. I wanted the entrepreneurial dream, you know, to work where I wanted with the clients I wanted and have money arrive in my bank account so I could actually just spend time with my family and friends. Right. Um, and so that was kind of my path. You know, it was it was. I had a passion to help people. I didn't know what I was going to do. And it took me quite a while to figure that out. And, and it, the, the linchpin for it all uh, and why we're here is I, I learned that I had some mental baggage and some roadblocks and some psychology, uh, psychological issues, you know, that I had to fix first before my business would ever work. And that was, that was my path. Yeah, I love it. I would love to elaborate you on, on that journey when you took the, the, the courses and the information, because I know that's something that you're very prevalent. Um, what kind of courses have you done there and why? how did it happen that there was so much that you've invested in? Was it worth it maybe? Like what's your story with that? It, it was, it's worth it now. Um, it was, I think it, it felt painful at the time. You know, I, I wanted, I wanted to make some money. I wanted to support my family. I wanted to dig out of the hole that the previous company had built for me. Um, and what I found is that when you are trying to do things that are these quick fixes, you know, everybody's selling like, Hey, if you download my tool or get, you're only one funnel away or whatever the messaging you see on the front you think, hey, if I if I invest in this thing, it'll quickly fix my money problems. And 
so I felt tricked a lot of times. I would buy the thing, I would go through the content or I'd go to the seminar, but then nothing would change. And I couldn't figure out why all these strategies and tools and tactics that were working for other people weren't working for me. And so you, you begin to feel like the world's against you. You, you begin to feel like, um, you know, I'm, I'm working so hard, like literally 24 seven, always working on this mm -hmm. thing and, and consuming information. And you see other people having success, at least online, it looks like they're having success. And so you begin to beat yourself up subconsciously. You're like, why am I so stupid that I can't figure this out? Um, and, and then you start having some issues with family and friends and close relationships because they see you working all the time, but your business isn't successful yet. And, and you're never really present. You know, that's, that's how I felt. I felt like I was never really present with my family and my kids because I was on a mission to figure out the business and just, I, I just was working my ass off to try and figure this game out, you know, um, ultimately to realize that the inner workings of what was going in, in between my head was the, the actual root of the problem. Yeah, I love that. Since that's what I'm all about. And it's, mm. it's so easy to get hung up in today's world. You, you mentioned in the beginning, especially like the American dream, you get the house, you get the money, and then your life will be fixed. And people start our entire world is basically focused on these external outcomes. I do stuff and then I get, yeah, I would love to elaborate you a little bit on that inner path. What kind of things have you done there yourself? What kind of things would you recommend people? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what, what, what happened for me was I finally uh, ran into the right group of people, I would say. And, and I, I had read a book. I actually read Garrett J. White's book. Um, he has this book called the black book. And his story resonated with me because he also had a mortgage company failure, uh, had to rebuild something entrepreneurially from scratch. And that was the first moment that I realized the the problem actually wasn't the business. It was, it was mm. me, you know, it was me taking responsibility for my own life and taking ownership of certain things. And And so I began reading like a lot of like Dr. Phil and Brene Brown. And I started reading all these kind of self-help guru books. And then I, I realized like, I, I need some direct help. I need, I need someone who has already been through that journey that could help me. I ended up running into two different mentors. Uh, one was uh, the gaps that I had. I had a gap in my copywriting and marketing and advertising knowledge. Um, and I had a gap in my mindset. I couldn't figure out what mm. the root of the issue was, but I started to explore that, you know, was it the fact that, was it the fact that I'd never uh, became a pro baseball player? Was it the fact that I lost a million dollars? Like what was the actual issue holding me back? And I ended up running into uh, a guy named Clay Moffat. He's, I call him the wizard. Um, but he's a mindset NLP hypnotist, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's gone down that path. And I ended up working with him for several months in a row um, where we were, we were helping me release that past trauma. Um, and most of it, uh, to be honest, most of it was around the, the mortgage business failure. Um, I felt bad that I lost all the money. I felt guilt and shame and all those things that I wasn't support being a man and supporting my family the way I needed to. And, and once I released all that, and I, and I think the way I describe it now is it was, 
it was a, literally a focus shift. My, my brain was focused on the past and certain events and not able to let them go. And so once I let them go and I forgave myself and I kind of began to fall in love with myself again and just, mm-hmm. just be okay with myself, my focus shifted towards other people. It shifted towards what I was working towards. And that was, that was the difference for me when I found meaning and purpose of what I was working towards and who I was helping and how I was helping them, then I didn't have time to focus on the past anymore. I was able to let it go and shift my entire focus to, to them instead of me. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any specific tools or techniques or processes or whatever, like practical things? How was the process? Was it journaling? Was it whatever? Like which kind of, was it talking? What, what, What kind yeah, of tools it began, and it began with, uh, it began with journaling. I started journaling every day. Um, that actually led me to write the book because I, after I, I was maybe four months into journaling every day, I was also, uh, I'd built a new morning routine for myself. I was waking up very early and I was, I was, uh, exercising and meditating, uh, while journaling. Um, and, and what I discovered is that the, the mind is a funny thing, right? It's, it's, we have a lot of competing thoughts every day, you know, uh, scientists think there's between 12,000 and 30,000 thoughts a day running through our heads. And, and it was like the journaling helped calm the noise, the meditation helped calm that noise. And then I just got clear on what I was going to execute on. And, and I built patterns and routines with my life so that every day was like, okay, what's the next most appropriate thing? And what's the next priority? What's the next step? And then I just got very good at mastering my day. Um, and the, it, it's also, it was like, I think I wanted results so quickly that I was always like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to get the results the next day. And it doesn't work that way. It was, it was, I'm going to do this for 90 days and then the water is going to start trickling out of the well that I'm pumping so hard. It's, it's, there's a delay, a delay in money. There's a delay in success. There's a delay in things showing up and manifesting in your life. You, you actually, you know, when you talk about manifesting, you actually have to, to be the person first, you have to build your identity and do the things that that future self that you want would do. And then, and then everything begins to come your way from there. Yeah, I love that. And for me, that all these things, like a few years ago, strumming from a super rational background, engineering, mechanical engineering, and then manifesting spirituality, I was all like, mm. but then once I started diving into the brain and understanding how the subconscious work, then it begins to make sense. Because if you have, for example, a vision board, you begin to feed your, your mind, this is where I want to go. Then you begin to make some conscious thoughts, like what are the actual steps that I need to be taking? You build some habits around that. That's really when you work with your subconscious, not you're against it. And that's, I mean, in the end, our subconscious is the powerful brain, not for people think like the rational thinking. That's like, yeah, we are human. We, we can think rationally, yeah. <laughs> but that's only like a tiny fraction. I don't have the numbers, but whatever. Well, it's so funny because when you run into it and you're not, you know, for, at least for me, I wasn't, I wasn't grown up. I wasn't brought up that way. My parents never talked about this stuff. The, the information didn't flow uh, like it does today. Um, but it all seems kind of woo woo, right? Like, it's like you, you run into guys like Wayne Dyer or Tony Robbins and, 
and you hear these quotes all the time. If you dream it, you can do it and you can manifest mm-hmm. anything. And it's, it starts to sound like bullshit. You're just like, ah, these guys, I, I don't even believe in that stuff until you can incorporate some of it in your own life. And then you, you get it. You have mm-hmm. wisdom around it. You're like, oh, I know what they mean now. It's, it's actually not BS. It's the, the brain's a funny muscle. You know, it's like, I don't know if it's a muscle, but the, the brain is a funny creature. It's like you, you have to, if you've been eating Cheetos on the couch for six months, you're going to be fat. And the day that you start doing sit-ups and working out and you, you improve your nutrition, you don't get six pack abs the next day, but after a year, if you're doing the right things, you build new patterns and that's, that's how the brain works. You have to, you have to stop the old patterns and kind of carve out new pathways and it takes some time. It takes some time to develop those, those new habits and routines. Um, I still do this today. Like I've, I've learned that your emotions are like your, your warning lights on the car. You know, if you can kind of become self-aware when, when you feel anxious or you feel angry or these negative emotions, they're telling you that you're not making progress towards your goal or you're not on the right path. And so you, if you can listen to your emotions as you're moving towards something, then it'll help you course correct faster. Um, and I've, I still just, I'm human too. I have, I, I have those roller coaster of emotion days where you have a bad day and the answer is almost always the same. It's, am I giving myself enough rest? Am I, what am I putting into my body? Um, nutrition's a huge key to the game that I didn't recognize for a very long time. It's, it's when I have those moments where it feels like the world's collapsing in on you, my answer is almost always rest or nutrition these days. And, and it's a lot of little things, you know, um, Mm. taking five minutes before I go to sleep to, to think about, um, maybe something that I'm working towards the next day and I'll let my sleep do a lot of the work, you know, because, because while, while you're sleeping, you know, your brain's transferring this, this chaotic world, it's transferring the information from one side of your brain to the next. And so I think, I think now how I feel is that it took a while, but everything's in alignment with what I want mm. and the goal I'm working towards. And that includes relationships, that includes uh, habits and patterns, and it includes information we choose to consume. And and how do you get everything into alignment working towards a single focus and a single mission? Yeah, I love that. Alignment is a thing I've also in the, the past and recently, more, more recently than in the past, been thinking more and more about because I realized its importance on, on multiple levels. Again, like alignment, subconscious, conscious, like you, if your actions don't match what you really want, there's a mismatch, a misalignment. Something is off and you need to figure out what it is and take some actions to get on the right path. And that's just one thing why I love journaling so much because you need to have some reflection. If you don't look back at your actions and th- think about it consciously, like, What could I be doing? What what am I not doing? What what am I doing right? Yep. What am I doing wrong? You need to have some. That's coming from a strategic management um, background. That's what you do with corporations. You need to have a goal. Yep. You steer towards that. You start taking actions, and then you have some periods of reflection. Yeah, and you think? I mean, and that's that's really it. You know, I still journal a ton. You know, I have five journals on my desk right now because I'm I'm getting the thoughts out of my head. I'm prioritizing my day. Um, I think the, the, the thing that's different for me today 
is that when things didn't go my way in the past, I would mm. then, because I was, I was overly like conscientious and I was highly neurotic with my personality. And so if things didn't go my way, it wasn't just that I was off course. I would then pile on and beat myself up like, oh, you're stupid. You must be an idiot. You can't, you know, it's like that, that conversation I've dropped these days and, and it doesn't need to be there. It's I'm, I'm going from one place to the next and there are, it's, it's like the biggest fears people have. Are you going to die? Yeah, you're going to die. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes, you're going to make mistakes. If you're putting yourself out in public, are you going to be judged? Yes, you're going to be judged. So once you're able to say, though, all those things are going to happen. So it really becomes a game of understanding how you're, how to control your reactions to things. And so when I do something and I make a mistake nowadays, it's like, that was a mistake. I, I felt the negative emotion from that mistake. Here's what I'm going to do to course correct. But I don't, I don't take the next three weeks to, to beat myself up over the mistake. It was, I was working towards something. It was the first time I was doing it. I, I clearly had to learn a lesson and everything's just a, a, a left or a right movement. And over time, your, your deviation, you know, and you, in the beginning, you have these wild swings. You're like, maybe it's this thing and maybe it's this thing. And, and over time that gets more and more narrow, you know, you stop. If you're going across the United States, for example, and you're on a plane, you're not flying 500 miles to the left and 500 miles to the right. The, the air traffic controller just says, Hey, you need to course correct a little bit here. And eventually you go in a straight line. Yeah. I love that. Coming to the, the, entrepreneurial journey if if there's someone struggling with let's say yeah consistency with focus the, the exact problem doesn't even matter in terms of that question but if you could only tell him like one piece of advice like one one theme what kind of advice would that be i would say um find something that is deeply meaningful to you and it's usually several things um that you really, really care about that you're willing to take responsibility for and take it on in your life. And, and what I mean by that is like, for me, um, I told myself a story when it came to my kids, I knew my kids would model my habits and behavior. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was working towards a very valuable goal for me, which is like this entrepreneurial success. And if I quit, it shows my kids what it looks like to give up going after something that you want. So that was part of it. And then with the business side of things, because I struggled for so long, I, I became really passionate about eliminating unnecessary expense and suffering for entrepreneurs. And so like those two passions, like I knew that my, my brother-in-law took his own life in 2015. I knew that if you don't solve the business model and kind of figure this stuff out fast enough, it leads to depression. It leads to anxiety. Mm. It leads to resentment. It leads to suicide. And when I really tapped into those emotions and became truly like in alignment, like you said, they, they were, I think in the beginning, they kind of feel like these, these BS wise, because you're, you, you say it, but it, you haven't incorporated it fully mm. yet. But when you really incorporate a very valuable goal that you're working towards and the meaning behind it, then a lot of the other problems go away. They just disappear. They don't have time. 
And so everything I do today is for my, my family or for my clients. Like it's, I'm, I'm truly committed. And, uh, and so, so the little things, the speed bumps that I might run into, they just don't knock me off course for very long. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I, that's why I think it's so essential that everyone should get an understanding of how the brain works of that these emotions and these thoughts that pop into your head that pop into your consciousness, you don't immediately need to jump on it. And oh, I, I messed up like I fucked up, this is stupid and then spiral into that thing. But if, if the thought pops into your head, you still can see that okay, that's a thought. And if you think like, oh, it's not valuable for me at the moment, you can still just drop it and you just need to follow that train of thought. Yeah, and that's it, man. I mean, I think I, uh, I think the path, like looking back now, is like if I could start over again, um, maybe I would have started in copywriting because copywriting leads you directly to psychology, and psychology mm -hmm. leads you to neuroscience and how the brain works. And when you, at least that's how I felt when I really, I, I mean, I went very deep down the psychology and neuroscience rabbit hole, and it was like. When I understand, when I understood what was happening in my personality and my personality, and what I under what was happening in my brain, it gave me it, all the anxiety went away. It gave me calm. It was like I understood myself. Mm -hmm. I became self-aware, and when you're self-aware, you you can course correct very quickly. And I think that's the difference. The reason it took me so long, a couple of reasons. One is I was I was I would say is Uh, pride was maybe the underlying emotion. I was too proud to ask for help for a long time. And I think that was a mistake. It's, it's okay to ask for help when you're stuck. Um, but the second reason it took me a long time to figure out is because I wasn't trying to create a business to make money. I was trying to actually discover my destiny. I was trying to, to tie everything together. How does my life and business all incorporate together in alignment? And that takes a while. It takes a while. And the only way to truly discover that is to be willing to put yourself out there and try lots of stuff in the beginning. And, and when you're trying lots of stuff in the beginning, it's always new and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And then the difference is how long does it take me to try this something new? And then how long does it take me to course correct when it doesn't work? And in without outside help, it was taking me sometimes eight and a half days to learn a concept or to learn something on my own. When, when I actually hired a mindset coach and a mentor for me, um, sometimes those, those eight and a half days were eight and a half minutes. You know, you, you quickly figure things out if somebody's already done what you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm after my first high, high and tight ticket program that I joined, I also fell in love with coaching because I see the value. I learned so much better when actual people, you know, you can trust them. They have done it before. They know what they're talking about. But yeah, what I was actually going to ask you, I would love to elaborate you a little bit on your goals how and how they changed over time. Like you mentioned, you have more alignment now. I think in the beginning also like money and the classical thing was an your major milestone like was there a gradual change were there like different phases like how how did your motivation and why you do what you do change over time yeah it changed a bunch goals? yeah i would say i would say the underlying thing is your values you know your your values are kind of dictating what you're aiming at and what you're focused on and for a lot of time for a long time my my decision-making was all based on money because I was broke, mm. you know, I was broke and I was struggling to figure the game out. 
So opportunity would come at me and I would, I would do just about anything because I was trying to put, you know, food on the table and keep a roof over my head and those types of things. But you make a lot of bad decisions if that's Mm -hmm. your value structure. And, and what I, what I ended up doing is I realigned my values. So it's like, does this decision uh, take away from me being present with my family and my kids? Uh, does this decision actually help another entrepreneur eliminate suffering and expense? And when, when I put my decisions through the values filter and it wasn't money, like money was like number 12, you know, um, I started making a lot of right decisions. And so you stop taking on projects you shouldn't take on. You stop taking on clients you shouldn't take on. And it's, and I think it's a process. I mean, that's, that's what I think my, my learning has led me to today is, is a place where I understand that this is a never ending game. It's a never ending process and true freedom is all about having the discipline to control what's going on in between your ears and stay focused on, on moving towards your valued goal. And when you do that, like it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Like the, one of the worst things I think could happen to me would be actually accomplishing everything that I ever wanted. That would be one of the worst things because there's only so many margaritas on the beach with Mm -hmm. a million bucks in your bank account before you get extremely bored. Um, And so you always need to be progressing and moving towards something and and you see it, you see it in people, you see it in people that are wandering around and they don't have a mission. They don't have a purpose. Um, you know, they feel lost and they're, they, they, they get attached. Their identity gets attached to politics or, or their, their favorite sports team or whatever. And so their emotions are literally bouncing all over the place. They're getting played like a puppet because if the sports team or their favorite politician does bad, it's affecting their emotions. And, and so tapping into something, I think the cool thing is tapping into something you find meaningful means that you also get to determine what you find meaningful and you get to decide, you know, if, if you decide that you're going to be the best, you know, frog hopper in the country or something like that you know it's like you if if it really means something to you um that's that's how you end up with these fascinating people that become highly skilled in these weird things you know like like doing yo-yos or bowling or whatever Mm. it's like if they find it meaningful and they stay focused and committed on their aim there's you're gonna you're gonna hit what you aim at if you stay focused long enough yeah, absolutely. That's why I love like the value of consistency. And you mentioned that if you stay on a track, if you make it conscious and not because money, it was the same for me. It's the same for many people that in the, in the beginning, you think entrepreneurship, your job, whatever money, that's the goal. I want to get rich. And that's just the subconscious programming that we have been through to society, to the media. And when you realize that and start creating your own values, which are like you mentioned, like perceptions of truth, if it really make it simple, like, for example, freedom or a family or whatever, and then you can automate some decisions. So you don't have to make every time you have a new opportunity and you need to think all through that's just overwhelming and not sustainable in the long run. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and you don't have any trouble getting out of bed in the morning. You don't have any trouble, you know, like it, it all kind of blends together. I don't really have a, there's no difference between a Monday and a Friday and a Saturday. It's all, it's all, everything's always working towards the mission and the goal and the values all the time. And so 
when I wake up now, like I, I have days off, I take days off, I, I take rest periods and all those things. But when I get up, it's like, who am I helping today? How am I helping them? You know, and, and when it's, when it's truly meaningful, like when you are able to incorporate that feeling of somebody might die, if I don't show up to work today, you, you just, you stop having those little uh, motivation issues, I guess I would say, if it's, if it's really, if you've incorporated the meaning of what you're working towards, and it really matters to you, um, and you, you're willing to take on all that responsibility on your shoulders, um, you don't have motivation issues, you know, and, and, and I think that's, that's, that's really what I see is people just simply aren't clear enough, but the road to clarity is paved through trying lots of things. And having lots of things go wrong because when when things don't go your way, you're learning. When things do go your way, you're learning. When things don't go your way, you're learning. You're just you're just trying to narrow your focus and your deviation. And uh, clarity and self awareness are are wonderful things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in love with clarity and. As you mentioned, it's the exact same thing and I'm still in that process and it's so beautiful when you see and the clarity gets better and better. Like you start at one thing, like the first thing in the entrepreneurship realm I started with was drop shipping and then fat pad products because I thought, okay, like dogs, maybe let's try that. Yeah. And I realized like, okay, now 40 year old women are buying stuff from me and I have to deal with them and I don't like the whole process and drop that. And yeah, that you're was just learning, right? You're like, you're like, oh, I don't like the way that felt. I didn't uh -huh. like dealing with that. And so you're all always just like, I'm not going to do that anymore, but I'm going to try this. And then eventually something slaps you in the, in the face and you're like, ah, oh, that's the thing. It feels so good. And so in alignment with you that it, like when it clicks, it clicks and you know, it, you, you can feel it. Um, yeah. I always heard like, um, like, like generals and, and people that were really good at war and, and like, you know, Napoleon, great leaders, you know, that Napoleon is probably a bad example, but I always heard these stories that they were, they made quick decisions, quick and decisive decisions. And that always fascinated me. How do, how do they make such quick decisions? Mm. It's because they had tremendous clarity on the mission. They, mm. they knew what their goal was with that war or that battle or what the final outcome they were shooting for. So their decisions were instantaneous. And that's the game is, is if you have clarity on the, the end result you're going for your decisions, this tool, that tool, this piece of software, that course, they, they all come instantly to you. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a perfect example again of how the brain works and the flow state is also a perfect example, near perfect decision making. And you can only get there once you have amassed some knowledge. For example, is it if it no matter if it's exercise or whatever, you don't instantly have one there, but you need to grind through some work, you need to load all these information surrounding it, and that's what gives you more and more clarity. And then you you just have to rely on your subconscious. They don't have to you mentioned instant instant decisions they don't have like huge excel spreadsheets and then made analysis and had a realm yeah. of 20 people around like what do we do now but they just they were so aligned and so clear that they just could have their subconscious handle the hard part and, yeah, and i think i think with flow state too like if in flow state uh clearly it would be nice to always be in alignment and always just be in flow. And the, you know, we've all had that. It's like athletes call it the zone where the rest of the world disappears. And this can, it's like you, you're only focused on, you may be in a crowd of people 
yelling at you, but you don't even hear the noise because you're so focused on the mission at hand. And, and I wanted flow state to last forever. And what I, what I learned is that it, it's, it's impossible. Well, I wouldn't say impossible. There's probably some monk somewhere that's in flow state all the time, but for, for me, and I think for the average person, flow state is, is a continual process. You're always like, Hey, I, I, I did these things and I'm clearly out of balance and out of whack and things feel like they're crumbling apart. You've got to kind of come back to the center a little bit and then you, you'll get in alignment again for a while. And then it gets something new is going to get introduced into your life or your world. That's going to kind of throw you off course. And so it is managing those times when things try to knock you off course. How quickly can I get back to the flow? Can I get back to the center? Um, so, so learning to control your reactions and also realizing like, like somebody asked me the other day, they, they said, uh, you know, like, like, isn't it nice to be there? And I said, yeah, but, but I know that there will come a time where I'm not there again, but now I know how to handle it. I know how to course correct. I know how to get back to it. Um, and that's really where things started to shift for me the most is when I fell in love with the process of that. I fell in love with when, when things dramatically are not going my way. I, I loved the journey of getting back into the flow. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we see from neuroscience. That's what people who make it, that's what they become really good at. They reward the process. It's like an internal mechanism. They go towards the, the pain, the pressure, the comfort zone. Kierkegaard already mentioned it in terms of the fear response. Fear is kind of an indicator and it shows you where there's opportunity for growth. And you, if you know, and we can even see that in animals from a very um, basic biological perspective. If you have two mice, they're like experiments in the middle there's a warm ground where they where they want to be because it's warm and the one that that wins the place that moves forward in in times of adversity in through the challenge but the moving forward itself the process itself that's what unlocks the reward mechanisms dopamine buffers no adrenaline adrenaline so that's what enables you to keep pushing forward even though you you are aroused you are you're stressed anxious whatever so that's essential yeah yeah process. and and it's um You know, I, I think you mentioned one thing that was a very, I, I don't want to say it was difficult, but when I learned it, um, it changed everything for me because the getting into flow state or getting into alignment many times is directly on the other side of the thing that you least want to deal with or contend with, or at least want to face. And so it's like, you may have a project or, or maybe you're behind on your taxes and there's a stack of bills that's been sitting there for four months or whatever. And, and I think we've all experienced this is like you, you're avoiding the pain of dealing with the thing, or maybe it's a relationship that's not going well and you're avoiding the conversation, but then you have the conversation or you deal with the thing and we feel that weight being lifted off our shoulders. It's, it's the meaning And the flow state is always directly on the other side of the thing that you least want to face. And so if you can get good at saying like, this is a tough conversation, but I absolutely need to have it. And, and that's the feelings always the same. You feel like a, a monkey's off your back or a weight's li been lifted off your shoulder because you're, you're, you're carrying all this pressure, but it's because you're not dealing with the thing that you know, you need to face. 
Yeah, I love that. And that's what we can actually also see in the sign because flow is also described of what's happening is transient hypofrontality. So the frontal cortex go goes offline and that's why the sense of self vanishes, the perception of time dilutes. And in order to achieve that, we can first, one of the things is to, to overload it first. So there's always, there we also talk about the challenge skill ratio. So it's always, if you are in an uncomfortable situation, if you are, you need to stretch yourself. That's where growth happens and where you can enter that state. Yeah, man. And, and it's, it's a hard, I, I think it's hard, especially if, cause, cause everybody's got a different personality type, but like for me, I'm, I'm, I had become way too agreeable. I didn't negotiate very well for myself. I was highly neurotic. So I'm like this, we're all weird, these weird creatures with different personality types, but mm -hmm. I essentially was beating myself up all the time. Mentally, I was focused on the past. Um, I wasn't focused on what I was working towards. I didn't stand up or negotiate very well for myself. And so I had to kind of like play my personality a little bit like a puppet for a while. And I had to adjust, I had to start taking more ownership and I had to stand up for myself better. I had to say no to certain things. And then I had to stop the negative self-talk because that was destroying me internally. It was, I was always telling myself a story about what an idiot I was everything, every time something didn't go my way. Yeah, and that's the, the the thing we really have to look out for because these are cycles like putting thoughts mm. into your brain is one of the best ways we can do to 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 change our behavior because if you have these thoughts you, you get into these loops and it's, it's just getting worse and worse and it's incorporating yeah. like physiology and your psychology because actually then you feel worse and it impacts your your digestion whatever we know we have these two um, branches of the nervous system and if you are always in that stressed anxious fight or flight state then it's not sustainable we need to have the balance we need to have periods where we feel calm content and in order to recharge and then go full power but then again to switch to the calm again it was like the example of the lion he rests a lot and then he goes all in yeah and i think to break it down super simply is like if it feels good to you keep doing it if it feels off and feels bad stop doing that you know it's really that simple um however i would just say like like to go back to that conversation it's like my my wife just let the dog out right there was a little bit of background noise and then you drop the pen you know it's like like i would have like in the beginning like oh now my podcast is ruined now i'm an idiot because i didn't block out that you know what i mean it's like you yeah. got to stop that noise for sure and you've really got to learn to read your emotions and and it's so important it's it's hard to do in the beginning but but find something you're working towards that you find deeply meaningful and and develop a reason why um and and eliminate everything in your life that doesn't need to be there that's not helping support you and and relationships are a big part of that cuz cuz people people don't encourage you often enough um, you, I think we've all experienced that when you're, when you're doing something you love that doesn't fit into somebody else's definition or society's definition and people like to judge you, they like to throw rocks at it, you know, mm -hmm. and you've got to eliminate those relationships from your life and, and get everything moving in one direction, one path, one flow. Yeah, absolutely. Love that, but not to get lost in it too much because there's one other area that I definitely want to touch on before. Like you mentioned sure. copywriting and it's still related to human behavior. So that's why I'm still looking forward to it. But I would just love some thoughts in terms of the, the psychology of copywriting. How do we, because in the end, I think 
changing human behavior is what copywriting aims at. So yeah, what just some laughs on, on copy or some thoughts on copy. Yeah, I think I think my thoughts are um, the the world's very complex. There's a lot of people. Most people, especially because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, but even if you have a very big following, if you have a, a million person following, you know, that's still 0.0013% of the world, right? It's a, it's most of the world doesn't know who you are. So there's marketing sophistication levels. And, and what you have to do is you have to meet the conversation with the person you're talking to and meet them where they're at. If they don't know who you are, the only conversation they're having is the problem that they're having and the solution that they want. So a lot of copy needs to start with talking about the problem. And most people start talking about themselves, but, but you got to realize that person doesn't know you yet. So if you start your copy off talking about yourself, you can't connect, they can't connect the dots. So you, you talk about the problem first, Hey, are you feeling anxious and this and that and this? Well, I am XYZ person and I've got a solution for you. And so you, you start your copy off with the problem and the conversation that's already happening in their head. The other thing I think where people make uh, the mistake I know I have um, is your copy is only designed to do one thing at a time. It's like one, you're trying to get them to the next decision because mm -hmm. we can't make two decisions at the same time. So so when I write copy, I think about it like a court case. You know, if, if I go into court, like a, like a trial with OJ Simpson, let's say, right. One side saying he did it and the other side saying he didn't do it. And so if you're going to make an argument on one side, everything you put in your copy is just trying to support that one decision you're trying to make. So if For example, if you're writing copy and you're trying to get somebody to buy your program or book a call, start with the problem and anything in the copy is only trying to get them to click the one button you want them to click. So if there's thing, if you get them to think outside of the problem, so I see people trying to put too much into their copy and they try and get people to do too many things at once. But really, that's, that what it, that's what it is. Slow it down and say, who am I talking to? And what do, what's going on in their mind? And what decision do I want them to make with this copy? And then when they make that decision, then the copy shifts to the next conversation and the next decision. So, hey, you're having this problem. Well, I've got a solution for you. If you click this button, I'll give it to you. They click the button, goes to the next thing. It's like, hey, you just click the button. Thanks so much. If you're looking for X, Y, Z, then I've also got a free Facebook group, you know, so it's the one decision at a time with your copy. So not overwhelm people, but keep it simple. Once at a time, love that really simple, really straightforward. When it comes to copy and emotions, stories, what's your talk, thought on that? Like people buy on emotion, then justify by, by logic. I think that's one thing that's very true. So how can we yeah, address people's emotion effectively. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, probably the most effective way I've seen is you're tapping into the emotions they're already having. It's not about you. It's, it's, there's so many people that, that are like, Oh, well, you've got to share everything about your day and what's going mm -hmm. on with you and build this emotional connection. And, and it's, it's important that your audience knows who you are and knows where you came from and those types of things. 
but people dramatically overshare and they talk about themselves way too much. And so the, the key is to tap into the emotions. You've got to tap into the conversation that's happening in their mind right now. And, and if you just start talking, like hypothetically, let's just say that, that today you're completely out of whack and you're, you're maybe even suicidal. Um, well, a conversation about me at that stage isn't going to make any sense to you. But if I start saying, Hey, do you feel anxious? Are you worried? Are you thinking about taking your own life? Like you just, you start paying attention to it because you're already having that conversation. Somebody's just tapping into the conversation you're already having. And, and it's just, that's the, that's the thing is like, you, you don't, I think that's why Amazon is so successful their entire focus is about the customer. It's, it's about the customer journey and the customer experience. And, and I really think that's the game is, is you've got to be able to, at some point, shift the focus from what you want to all about the person you're talking to and the stage that they're at and the conversation that they're having right now. And if you do that, your copy will be more successful. It's, it's, it's not focusing on you, it's focusing on them. Love that really breaking it down to principles really because these are topics that can be super complex and all these tools techniques story-based emails Seinfelds, whatever but in the end it comes down we're connecting we're talking to humans and we need to, to, to do in a fashion that yeah it's in the end connecting with well them. and i think i think the other thing too on that i was um once you can connect to the conversation going on The other mistake I see people make a lot of times is they talk about their thing too much. Like, oh, well, you're going to get these 17 course modules and you're going to get this book and you're mm -hmm. going to get this. But what's actually happening in their brain is they're thinking, well, what's in it for me? You know, and so uh, simple three words you can introduce into your copy that will make a difference is, is so you can or so you have. It's like I'm going to give you these 17 modules so you can never worry about having the knowledge that you need to make the shift you're trying to make. I'm going to give you this book or I'm going to give you one-on-one -on -one coaching. So you'll never be alone again. You know, like, so you, you need to shift each feature by saying, what's the end benefit to you. And, and because that's what they're thinking. They're like, if I buy this program, I'm never going to be left alone again. I'm going to have all the knowledge I need. I'm going to get these three specific tools that I've been dying for. And I'm going to get, Uh, surrounded by a community of other people that have already been through the journey, you know? So it's like, what's, what's the end benefit for them? And your copy has to speak to that. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Again, straightforward to the point. Wrapping it up slash coming back to our previous conversation a bit. Is there like, if there would be one thing or is there one thing that you feel like we need, still need to share that I should have asked you maybe a question talking to entrepreneurs who are still in that kind of struggle still in that yeah with their emotions with maybe it's called it mental health whatever you want to call it like is there one thing you would want to add to what we already talked about yeah i would just say it's never too late um you know i was i was in my early 40s when i finally reached out and asked for help and and it's never too late you can ask for help it's not it's actually a sign of courage and strength to ask for help um i always viewed it as a sign of weakness and there's somebody that's already done what you're trying to do out there most of the questions have been answered by other people before you 
you just need to find that person that's the right fit for you that can help guide you through the process faster. And they're, they're out there. There's somebody for me, like I remember sitting in my office in 2010, broke, frustrated, confused, isolated, felt powerless. Like I remember that emotion like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And when I meet somebody that's in that stage, like I want to help them. I want them to reach out. I want them to ask for help. Um, and I, and I care and I'm passionate about it. And so you just got to realize that there is somebody out there for you that's already done what you're trying to do. And you simply have to raise your hand and find that person and have the courage to ask for some help. Yeah. I love that. I think it shows super powerfully, like the power of connection, the power of finding the right people. But I think like isolation, isolation is a huge problem in the, in the whole entrepreneurship and especially on an entrepreneurship. Like everyone, like usually in, when we start out, our circles around us, they are not into entrepreneurship. So we are, yeah, we don't need to do that journey alone. Yeah, and we, you, you mentioned it too. It's like we, we, when we get anxious, we make decisions that are trying to solve the problem faster. So What, what's happening on the front end in entrepreneurship is everybody's selling quick and easy fix solutions through strategies, tools, or tactics. But those strategies, tools, tactics don't work unless you have the foundations of business, things like credibility, authority, positioning, status, copy and offer. You know, if you don't have the foundations laid, the tools and tactics will never work. And then if you have the foundations and you have the tools and it's still not working, then there's some sort of personal block or mindset issue or relationship issue that's actually holding you back. Yeah. Because in the end you are your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, that's, I think that's the most frustrating thing is to arrive in a place where you realize you're doing this all to yourself, everything in your life, uh, everything that's going on right now, you've allowed to be there and it's okay to kind of step up and say, I want something new. I want, I want, but, But to get something new, you have to do new things. You have mm -hmm. to do new habits and new routines. Um, and, and if you mean it and you really want something bad enough, you'll get it. Like that's the, that's the reason we have satellites. That's the reason we have ships going to Mars, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like those, those conversations 200 years ago would have seemed crazy to people, but somebody wanted it bad enough and they figured out a way. Yeah. Perfect, Mike. I really enjoyed the conversation. Quite nice topics because we talked about the stuff I'm also super passionate about. Pretty straightforward. Where can people learn more about you, find your stuff? Yeah, man. Uh, people can find me at themakeovermaster.com. I'm on social media. I'm not on there a lot because that's one of my underlying things is how do you run a business without mm -hmm. getting trapped into being online all the time? Um, and I've got a lot of free resources. I've got a free course on where to get started building the foundations. If people have questions about, uh, their business isn't working and they can't figure out why they can, they can start with the free resources on our site. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today on the entrepreneurial brain podcast. If you like the show, please take a minute to review our show on iTunes or any other podcast platform. This will help me a ton to reach a bigger audience with the podcast, but also the most important thing to really get world-class leaders, world-class performers, experts, scientists, and ultimately just create amazing episodes with a lot of value for you. Thanks in advance for your support. My name is Maurice, and I will see you on the next show of the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast.